AM 560, The Answer. With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. And business, we talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. It's a live show. You could call us at 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510, or check out their blog for so many resources and information, tandemhr.com. So I'm thrilled to be joined in studio by my friend Rob Moore, who is the VP of Sales and Operations at Jaffa Salads. And uh, Rob, it's so awesome to have you here. I feel like I feel like I, I in, we spend almost every weekend together, but it's not you and I spending time together. It's your food. Thank you, Shalom. Thanks for having me. Uh, very excited to be in studio with you tonight. So uh, we're going to talk hummus. We're going to talk guacamole. You know, maybe talk baseball. Who knows? Hey, that's fun. That's great. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard to give out free samples here on the uh, over the air. But uh, but at the end of the program, we'll make sure that people know where they could find your products in stores. So that's uh, perhaps a, a distant second. Um, but, Rob, you you come from a family that can appreciate food. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, and where the idea for Jaffa Salads came about. So we are a new company. We launched in March of 2016. Um, you may have heard of my family's grocery store business, Garden Fresh Market. And uh, really the idea came to my father, Adi Moore, about last, I'd say last fall, when he was thinking, you know what, maybe we should take some of the salads that we're selling in the grocery store, turn it into a brand and launch a new business. So I was actually working in Los Angeles doing TV production and decided to move my wife to start a new business with my family. And so far, we're carried in 200 retail locations in Chicago and Wisconsin, and uh, everybody's been really, really enjoying our recipes. And let's talk about the product. So uh, guacamole is, is, a, uh, is, is very popular in, yes. in our house. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the other items. So we do... Um, Five Hispanic items. We do like a fresh guacamole, fresh pico de gallo that we make every day. We also have three salsas that are very hot and very authentic. Um, and then we do traditional hummus. And what sets us apart from, let's say, Sabra is that we're using an imported tahini from Jerusalem. And tahini, if you're a hummus not like me, you know that that's like the main flavor profile of hummus. It's the ground sesame. So we actually have a truckload of tahini that we imported and it goes into every batch of our hummus. We have four different flavors of hummus. Okay, so four different flavors. Tell us about them. And and are there, is there anything to look forward to over the coming months and years? Yes. Yeah, so we have like our hummus original um, recipe. Basically, I've grown up going to Israel every year since I was a little kid. Um, the name Jaffa is actually based after Jaffa right outside of Tel Aviv, which is one of the oldest ports in the Mediterranean. And it's known for having just beautifully smooth hummus and salads. Um, so we have like our hummus original, then we have hummus with paprika and oil, hummus with red salsa, which is actually garnished with like something called Moroccan matbucha, 
which is plum tomatoes, jalapeno, garlic, paprika. Really, really delicious. And then we have hummus with green salsa, which is, again, our hummus original, but it's garnished differently. So what we're trying to do is take one beautiful recipe of hummus and then garnish it different ways. That's fantastic. And again, we'll make sure that our listeners can uh, learn where they can find the product. But Rob, you are in an interesting business. You're, you're, you're creating a fantastic product um, that uh, I'm curious, how long is the shelf life? Uh, for some of your items. So, so perishable products are definitely tricky, um, especially if you're trying to do fresh, like farm to table products, like we're doing. Um, our guacamole has a 30 day shelf life, which is actually really long for a fresh product. But we have this packaging system where we use like a nitrogen flush, and that displaces the oxygen in the package. So then, when you put the vacuum seal on there, you have no oxygen turning your guacamole brown, which I'm sure listeners have have you know had problems with in the past when they make guacamole at home, and they're like, wow, it's bad after a day or something. You spent time in California in, in, the, uh, in, in first of all, nicer weather, but, um, but in a very, very different culture and in a very, very different work environment. Now you're out there uh, marketing hummus and marketing guacamole and a very good hummus and a very good guacamole. How different is, is, is the business world and on the West Coast versus the Midwest and how, what lessons were you able to learn from your previous career to what you're doing right now? It's a great question. I was, I was a producer in LA. Um, I worked on TV shows. I worked on web series, branded content commercials. Um, really running a business is a collaboration and managing people is challenging, no matter if it's making a piece of content, video content, or making hummus. <laughs> But what I've learned is that the more of a team effort you can make it and the more you can involve involve your employees and make them claim ownership of what they're making, the the better the final product will be. So a big thing, you know, while I was working in TV production, I'd hire editors, I'd hire, you know, directors and, and uh, DPs and set dressers and everybody, even to the actors. And you have to give them ownership of the content that you guys are creating together. And when you create that environment, whether it's with salads or videos, that's, you know, that's a beautiful collaboration. Is there anything that you wish you knew uh, when, when getting started again with, with your dad with in, in business and at Jaffa Salads, you wish you knew then that you know now about running a business and, and managing people? Well, I think, and I, I've listened to, you know, entrepreneur podcasts and, um, they, they always talk about, you know, failure is part of the growing process. And I think kind of if I had known, you know, six years ago when I first moved to L.A. that like failure is part of growth and part of uh, of uh, becoming successful, then maybe all the certain blows as I stepped, you know, up the ladder would have not hurt so much. It would have just been like, oh, that's part of growing as a, as a young man, as a, as a young entrepreneur, filmmaker, whatever. And it's the same thing with building Jaffa. I mean, we have challenges every day, but, you know, you try and take two steps forward, even though there might be one step back that day, you just want to be moving in, in the right direction. So I guess uh, to answer your question, just accepting failure is part of the path to success. Absolutely. And that's, uh, that's an important lesson. And, uh, and, and what can our listeners look forward to in the future from Jaffa Salads, um, either in locations or in new products? 
So we're constantly developing new products. We have uh, a new salsa that we're, we're bringing to market soon called Salsa de Mocajete. And if you know salsas, it's a very authentic uh, recipe. Then we're also going to be doing like a couscous salad. We're going to be doing a fresh beet salad. We're going to get into, uh, we're, we're breaking out all of our, our salads basically. And, and these could be anything from Moroccan carrots to spicy cauliflower, spicy chickpeas. Some, some things that you might not be used to seeing on the shelf, you'll see under the Jaffa Salads brand. And with folks uh, trying to be health conscious, is there anything that you want them to know that our listeners uh, leading a professional working life uh, coming into the office that might otherwise be uh, popping open a, uh, a, a can of Pringles that maybe they should know about the salads, uh, perhaps in the interest of being health conscious? Definitely. We're, I mean, we take fresh produce that my dad buys from the market every morning and we turn it into our salsas and our salads. So you're, you're really, you're getting, you know, fresh tomatillo, fresh poblano peppers, uh, garlic. We, we actually buy dried chickpeas, soak them overnight, do a three hour boil. I mean, it's, you're, you're not getting any fillers when you're eating our Quite products. Quite literally from Rob's backyard and, uh, <laughs> and into your kitchen uh, or into your, at your desk perhaps uh, for, for some of our listeners. So that's exciting. Uh, Rob, your products are all over. Um, you're, you're even in a place called Piggly Wiggly, I yes. understand. That's, funny name. Hey, it's, it's fun. Why not? Um, how can our listeners find out more about Jaffa Salads, perhaps find ways uh, to bring the products into their stores? Um, or certainly get a taste of, of many of your delicious items. Definitely visit our website. It's www.jaffasalads.com. Don't forget the S at the end of salads. And you'll see a locations tab there, and you can see all the stores that we're currently located in. And you can also find my contact information if you're interested in carrying our product line. So jaffasalads.com. That's fantastic. And in terms of careers, I understand that you're you're always looking for uh, drivers. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, wh- who you're looking for. Well, we realized, so we were working with a big distributor who gave us a shot, and, and uh, they, they helped us grow. And then we kind of realized with a perishable product, it's better if we do direct store deliveries, which basically means we have a sales rep on the road delivering product fresh. Um, so we are currently looking for another sales representative slash driver, and that would be someone who would be working with all of our DSD customers and helping uh, service the Chicagoland area. Fantastic. Rob Moore of Jaffa Salads. You can learn more about the uh, delicious products, jaffasalads.com. Lots more uh, coming up after the break. But, uh, Rob, I'll look forward to uh, catching up some more with you about these products and uh, hopefully uh, celebrating another uh, Cubs win next year. Go Cubbies. Go Cubbies. There we go. Rob Moore of Jaffa Salads. Thanks for joining us here in the studio. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk some more small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You don't want to miss it, Chicago. Don't touch that dial. How can you know 560? The answer. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, or check them out online, tandemhr.com. Thrilled to be joined by a fantastic a founder of an organization, Juliana Tamarazzi, uh, the founder of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council, the ICRC. Uh, our listeners surely know that we love to uh, spotlight and profile uh, fantastic organizations doing amazing work in the Chicago area and beyond. And uh, Juliana is one of those uh, nonprofit leaders that is truly making a difference uh, around the world. Juliana, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. 
Shalom. It's uh, truly an honor to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So I know you have, uh, just over these past few weeks, been traveling a great deal, raising awareness about a very important mission. Tell us a little bit about um, what Assyrian Christians in Iraq are going through and how you are helping their plight and their cause. The uh, Al-Qaeda found its safe haven in Iraq in 2003 and wreaked havoc on Christian lives. And uh, 1.6 million Assyrian Christians uh, are now, we only have about 200,000 left. Everyone has fled due to this heavy, heavy persecution. Our churches have been bombed over 100 times. Uh, Our men have been executed. Our women, many of them, have been kidnapped. So, but in 2014... When ISIS re-entered Iraq, everything even became more brutal. There are so many of our women, hundreds of our women, that have been sold in sex slavery. And people have been truly, their lives have been completely devastated because they're Christians and because they're of the Assyrian ethnicity. And, Juliana, we don't hear about these issues all the time. We hear a lot about um, many of the other uh, uh, issues in, in cities like Mosul in, in, in Syria, and we're, we're hearing about a lot of concerns in the Middle East, but this is a concern that, that, should be, uh, that should be spoken about a lot more than it actually is. I know aside for the humanitarian aid that you are raising funds for, and we're certainly going to talk about that in a moment, a big part of your effort is advocacy. Tell us a little bit about your conversations with lawmakers and the progress that, that the organization has already made in uh, in in raising uh, raising awareness about this important issue, sure, we have to look at the entire uh, Assyrian Christian issue in two perspectives. One is the short term, one is the long term. Let's talk about long term. That's what you are, are referring to. We have been speaking, uh, we have been advocating heavily on the Hill in Washington D.C. We've gone to the Trump camp several times. We went to Clinton camp as well, and we talked about the importance of keeping the Assyrian heritage in Iraq. Uh, as well as the Christianity, because that's where um, Christians really f- were formed, or they converted to Christianity, uh, Assyrians were, through St. Thomas the Apostle. And in order for us to have a stable um, Middle East, we have to have a strong Israel, and we have to have a strong Christian presence. So understanding that, we've been talking to the lawmakers about having a province for the Christians and other minorities in Iraq minorities that have called Iraq home for thousands and thousands of years, and Assyrians uh, are one of them. And uh, there is, because of the Islamic uh, State, the conversation has changed even on the Hill, as we all know. And they're taking this creation of a province in northern Iraq, which is on the outskirts of Mosul, a lot more seriously. This is uh, going to be a homeland for the Assyrians, called the Nineveh Plain, for the Turkmen, called Talafar, and we're advocating for the Yazidi, that, uh, that's another group, indigenous group to Iraq, uh, during the, uh, in the Sinjar mountain area. And we're going to make sure that our listeners can, uh, can find out the work of the, uh, of the ICRC uh, online so they could find ways to support your important work. But Juliana, you were, you were born in Iran, and, and you have now uh, taken it upon yourself to make things happen so uh, to end this, this persecution that's taking place uh, throughout the Middle East, and as you said, your, your love for Israel and your, and your, and your commitment um, to, to helping 
uh, brothers and sisters uh, has, has made so much happen. But let's talk numbers. How many people have you been able to uh, to to impact uh, it, Assyrian Christians in the Middle East? In 2014, we were able to help 135,000. Uh, Christians there, and in 2015, we were able to touch 150,000 lives. We provide them with food, shelter, medicine. We build them homes. We uh, provide basic necessities for children that otherwise they don't have any. Um, Now, uh, however, we're at a very important uh, point in our history. With the fall of ISIS from the Nineveh Plain area, um, these Christian towns have been liberated. The Assyrian towns have been liberated. So we are starting a campaign. We have started, actually, a campaign called Operation Return to Nineveh. Operation Return to Nineveh. And you can find a lot of information on this and how people can partner with us on victimsofisis.org, victimsofisis.org. Um, your listeners can really get involved with helping them from uh, food and winter supplies, because winters are so cold in northern Iraq, to uh, helping us rebuild schools. We would love for America to, for American schools to adopt uh, Assyrian schools in northern Iraq, or hospitals to adopt hospitals there to rebuild uh, these hospitals, because they're going, people are returning to their homeland, to their homes, to ground zero, Shalom. There's nothing left. The infrastructure has been destroyed. Homes are booby-trapped. Hospitals have been completely destroyed. Agricultural system is uprooted. And instead of having refugees flee that area, we want to repatriate refugees back home uh, because that's what they want anyway. And we're right in the heart of that, victimsofisis.org. You can find so much information there. Uh, that's fantastic. And, and again, we want to make sure that our listeners find a way to... Uh to help and get involved, but the extreme persecution of Christians was indeed recently recognized as a genocide by the United States government. And, uh, and, and regardless of your, uh, of your personal background or we, you know, our listeners are, are small business owners, entrepreneurs, and everybody can find a way to get involved and, and stop this persecution and, and, and make something happen to help in some way, whether it's uh, donating their money uh, donating time or even speaking out publicly. So, Juliana, with that in mind, what's the best way for our listeners to get involved? I, I know you've shared a website where people can learn more. How how can people step up to the plate to end this persecution? Thank you for that. Um, I am local. I live just in Skokie, and if people want to hear about this to really feel uh, the humanity, the suffering of the humanity that has been going on for so long in front of our eyes. Uh, you can contact me. My own personal number is on the, on the website. Uh, website, once again, is victimsofisis.org. And I would love to share my own personal story with them as well, because I escaped Iran. I escaped religious harassment. And I believe the Assyrian cause is very much like the Jewish cause. We need an, uh, an Assyrian Zionism of our own. Um, I would like to tell you, Shalom, as a child, I was a child Zionist, I, would, I want to say, growing up in Iran where they used to make us walk, or they would try to force me walk, to walk on the American and Israeli flag. I would find a way of tippy-toe around it and not do that. So I've always honored Israel and the Jewish people. And as, I, as today I look at our own cause, I see the similarities. So I really want to get uh, the Jewish community involved, the American community involved even more 
to help our brothers and sisters that have suffered so much and really help the humanity. And at a time where, uh, where we're facing so much division in, uh, in our own country and, and around the world, uh, what better way to, uh, to, show, uh, to, to show our strength as humanity, as people, in doing something good? And that's what we love to do here on Get Down to Business. We are a show all about entrepreneurship, but I truly believe that the, that the sign of a, of a, of a professional um, is, is being able to give back, and this is certainly a fantastic cause and a way to uh, to give back to community. So, Juliana, first of all, thank you for all that you are doing on behalf of Assyrians and, and Christians that are being persecuted and for, for raising awareness about this important issue and for giving our listeners an opportunity to get involved and to make an impact as well. One more time, if you don't mind sharing that website uh, where people can find your contact information and learn more about this important issue. Sure. It's www.victimsofisis.org. And you can also find us on um, Facebook under Iraqi Christian Relief Council. Fantastic. And I know you have uh, a lot of great information about the, uh, about the issue uh, through videos and Facebook and, and Twitter. So uh, take advantage. Once again, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, Juliana, thank you so much for joining us. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking um, regarding small business, talking regarding jobs, talking regarding entrepreneurship. We've got a lot more coming up for you after the break. So Chicago, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business. You can always download podcasts from our show on my website, shalomkline.com. And you get a sneak peek of who's going to be at next week. Don't touch that dial. More for you after the break. There's a new pre- AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Thrilled to be joined by Tom Cred, Senior Retirement Plan Consultant and an Institutional Consultant with UBS Financial Services. Tom, welcome to the program. Yeah, hi. Thank you very much, Shalone, for having me. Absolutely. So uh, so welcome. And uh, I know you work with a lot of uh, a lot of interesting people, and you are helping business owners. Are there any unique plan designs that help business owners to save for their own retirement as well as help them attract and retain talent to their organization? Yes, there are. And uh, due to time limitations, I'm going to focus on one of the simplest yet effective strategies known as a new comparability design. In the typical profit-sharing plan, contributions are allocated on a pro-rata basis, shalom, as a percentage of compensation. And by incorporating a new comparability design, a larger share of the company's contribution may be made on behalf of those employees to whom the employer wishes to provide a more significant benefit. And the strategy can be incorporated into any organization's 401k plan, and it involves very complex calculations, but may be the best choice if the goal is to maximize contributions to the key employees within the organization which is typically the owner, of course, and and, uh, the corporate suite. Of course, careful attention must be paid to ensure compliance with Internal Revenue Code's non-discrimination standards, and we'd be happy to discuss this strategy in more detail with any of your listeners individually. And, of course, we'll make sure that our listeners can find ways to get a hold of you. Uh, Tom, one of the things that that, uh, I guess I'm always frustrated by is, is acronyms, and there's a term that's been floated around, I've heard it in the past, MEP. Uh, what in the world is an MEP? MEP, the acronym stands for Multiple Employer Plan. And defined contribution plans, such as 401k plans, can be maintained by one employer 
as a single employer plan or several employers as a multiple employer plan or MEP, M-E-P. And here are several unique characteristics of MEPs for the audience to better understand them. A multiple employer plan has many adopting employers and this pooling of resources creates economies of scale and buying power, which may lead to more significant and competitive fee arrangements for administration of the plan as well as access to lower cost investment options than could be achieved with a single employer plan. Another unique characteristic of a MEP is part of their 5500 filing, which is like a, your uh, 1040 for a company. Single employer plans with over 100 employees require an annual audit of that 5500. By moving a retirement plan to a MEP, arrangement, the responsibility for auditing the plan is passed on to the MEP provider, which means the cost of the audit would be shared amongst all of the adopting employers. Got uh, it. Yep. It, um, it, 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 interesting. And, and it, it's, it's important. I, I think this, this information is very valuable for, uh, for business owners and for employees alike. As a plan sponsor, what should a business owner look for in an advisor for their retirement plans? Well, uh, retirement plan sponsors need to be able to demonstrate objectivity in the investment selection if ever called upon to do so. So the best way to do this is to have an advisor on your plan not affiliated with either an administrator or the investment firms that manage money for your plan. So there are no inherent conflicts of interest. And if you're confident as a plan sponsor that your advisor doesn't have any inherent conflicts, next you want to make sure your advisor is willing to acknowledge that they're a fiduciary contractually in writing for the investment advice they render to the plans committee. And then lastly, make sure your advisor follows best practices by working on a fee-for-service arrangement where the advisor's compensation does not depend on the investment selected. That's helpful. Thank you so much for demystifying the terms of a MEP, talking a little bit about advisors for retirement plans, as well as helping business owners sort of focus on their own savings as well. And in a moment, uh, I'll definitely, uh, Tom, we're going to want to make sure that we uh, get your contact information for our listeners to uh, learn more about how they can, uh, I guess, talk to you and, and, and get some additional advice. But uh, it is important to note that Tom uh, Cred is a senior retirement plan consultant and institutional consultant with UBS Financial Services, a subsidiary of UBS AG, a member of FINRA SIPC in Barrington, Illinois. And the information that's discussed on this show is general in nature and not intended to provide individually tailored investment advice and may not be suitable for all investors as the appropriateness of a particular investment strategy will depend on an investor's individual circumstances and objectives. Investing always involves risks, and there's always the potential for losing money when you invest. UBS Financial Services, its affiliates, and employees don't provide tax or legal advice, and clients, of course, should speak with their independent legal or tax advisor regarding their particular circumstances, and the views expressed here are, are those of Tom Kret, may not necessarily reflect the views of UBS Financial Services, and in providing wealth management services clients, they, they offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. And uh, more information on the different laws and contracts that govern, um, you can visit ubs.com slash working with us. So, Tom, with that in mind, um, we've got about 15 seconds remaining. How can our listeners get a hold of you? 
I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and uh, they can call me at uh, 847-277-2123 or via email at thomas.cret at ubs.com. I'll repeat the email again, thomas.cret at ubs.com. Shalom, thank you so much for the opportunity to address your audience this evening. Absolutely. Thomas Credit of UBS, thanks for joining us. We'll be back right after this quick break. 560, the answer. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can always get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download past podcasts of this program, as well as learn more from the fantastic guests that we've had on this program so far today. Uh, we've spoken with Rob Moore of Jaffa Salads. Uh, we've spoken with Juliana of the uh, Iraqi Christian Relief Council and Thomas Cred of UBS. Um, and we've certainly learned a lot from all of them. Um, but this week is uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So uh, last, uh, about a year ago, I experienced a collision um, between my philosophies of gratitude and effective phone communication and I actually scribbled uh, some thoughts down, and I'll be posting it once again on my website, shalomkline.com. Shameless disclaimer for, uh, for all of you that want to learn more. And both philosophies are very powerful, and in my assessment, the, the potential of each is untapped by the vast majority of society today. So first, some background. I uh, actually spoke with somebody about phone communication a long while back, while I already knew from first-hand experience that busy decision-makers struggle to return phone calls, I learned three things from this uh, professional who we actually had on this program uh, about a year ago. is Mary Jane Copps. You can find her interview on my website, shalomkline.com. Um, she told me that the majority of sales do not happen until after the buyer is approached five or six times. I forget the exact percentage and number of attempts, but five or six times. That means a lot of effort has to go into uh, the uh, the engagement of potential contacts. And number two is that most people give up after one or two calls. I certainly discover that frequently. Number three is you shouldn't take unreturned calls personally, nor interpret them as a sign of no interest. Instead, you should adopt the perspective that our prospects are genuinely interested in learning about products or services because it's their job to improve their business. Our job is to simply make our prospects aware of what we have to offer, the problems that we solve, and open the door to begin a conversation. So after I learned those things, I hurriedly went back to my list and approached it with these three things in mind. I found that some of the prospects that I knew of for some of my clients who did actually become clients because I committed to a process of persistence, not giving up, even when I didn't hear back from them. I didn't know if it's if if it was going to work, but taking that advice has paid for the for the time and effort that I've put into the process. And the process of prospecting, I call it planting seeds. And every prospecting activity is a seed. It could be a phone call, an email, a book in the mail, a card, a handwritten note, a magazine, a journal article, whatever. A seed is something that engages a prospective client with value or information to help them in their business, ultimately to help them make informed buying decisions. And this approach builds trust and and helps develop a relationship and supports the prospect in their decision-making process. And at some point since meeting Mary Jane, who I mentioned again, and she was actually on the program in the past, I realized that the work I've been doing 
using gratitude to build and maintain positive, productive workplace cultures has deep connections to the work of drumming up business. So I've been able to more intentionally incorporate gratitude into my business development activities. You see, we know that gratitude is the driving force behind their need to serve and help others. If you don't believe it, then I don't know, find ways to work with me. So should my service philosophy be conditional that it's only available to, let's say, a paying client or should only extend to prospects? There's certainly utility and rational logic for only putting energy in serving paying clients, but it flies in the face of my values and beliefs about the power of gratitude. So now I combine gratitude and prospecting. So actually, over the past year, that collision happened. Because of one client, I sent out one gift that uh, that I put out there, one gift, one card, two proposals, three meetings, 10 emails, 13 articles, and 14 phone calls, and each of those are seeds. Some of those seeds were directly relating to business for me and how I could solve a problem, while others were items of value, some created by me and some I, I sourced elsewhere. Some were related to opportunities that would assist my prospect's business and did not involve me at all. So some additional numbers, one referral that introduced the two of us, uh, four and a half years, I've been working at this for uh, for the past bunch of years, and uh, there's been a lot of snow during that period of time. There's been many early morning phone calls and late evening phone calls, and you never know how these ideas develop. So once again, stay committed to the process. You never know how an opportunity will develop, how it will come to be, but stay committed and definitely show the power of gratitude. This is a great time of year. It's the end of the year. It's time to show appreciation, send out holiday gifts, it's Thanksgiving, be appreciative for everything that we have to be thankful for. But remember that most opportunities take a long time to develop. It does not happen overnight. And if you think that it will, you're fooling yourself. It will not happen. You need to be committed to making the calls, having the meetings, sending the gifts. And this is a good time of year to do it. Uh, this is a time we've had so many uh, so many guests on the program that talk about promotional products. It's not just about the cheap cheesy pens that go out, find real genuine ways to say thank you. And whether it's that's through a gift or even just picking up the phone and saying, hey, just checking in, happy new year, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays to friends and family and to clients and to coworkers. This is a great time of year to show that level of appreciation. And in a very, very selfish way, in a very, very selfish way, that amount of gratitude and Thanksgiving I promise you it will come full circle. It will result in business. Will it happen overnight? Probably not. It probably will take a long time to develop, but if you're consistent and you're dedicated and you're committed to that effort, good things will happen in your business. That's my message for Thanksgiving. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be sharing some more networking tips for you. Yes, indeed, you can network in December. You can't write off the entire month as much as you'd like to. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that Dallas Chicago. You can get more of my tips and advice on my website, shalomkline.com. Be sure to check out our fantastic sponsor of this program, uh, TandemHR, tandemhr.com. Great talent. 560, the answer. Now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM 560, the answer. Think about the professionals you know and think about who gets the most referrals. Undoubtedly, 
it's the it's those that are most enthusiastic about what they do. To be respected by your peers and to be able to energize others, it's crucial that you maintain a high level of enthusiasm about your own product or service. Uh, you know, we were just talking about enthusiasm here in the studio, and uh, I find that certainly uh, our guests that come on and talk about their business and they show some energy, they show some creativity, they talk about their uh, their products or services in a creative, enthusiastic way, they undoubtedly are the ones that benefit the most. So think about over the next month how you can show that enthusiasm. And when you're networking, don't think short-term only. A common mistake is to overlook people simply because you think that they're of no use to you at the moment. You never know who you might need, where they might end up, and who they could introduce you to. If you keep an open mind and you're courteous to everyone, while letting them know your needs, you never know the potential outcomes. And keep track of your networking efforts. This is an important tip for the end of the year. Whenever you connect with someone online, on the phone, in person, jot down a few notes to remind you of who they are and what you talked about. Highlight any ideas of how you can work together in the future so that you'll remember to follow up um, with them the next time. And you'll touch base and you'll have some creative ideas uh, about how you can potentially work together and transform yourself into an effective and accessible resource for others. Once you become known as a powerful resource, people will think of you whenever they need help with something. I say this all the time, but the connected uh, become known as the connected and they become known as a resource. And suddenly, instead of you chasing other people, people will be chasing you. They'll turn to you for suggestions, ideas, names of other people. And this helps to keep you within the most immediate network of professionals whom they think of on a regular day-to-day basis. It really, really works. And when you're at a networking event, write notes on the back of the business cards that you collect, record anything you think might be useful in remembering each person more clearly. This will come in handy as you follow up. And finally, build relationships with your competitors so you could refer business that's too small, too big, or too far away. That's right. A lot of great networking tips for you to put into practice as we enter, believe it or not, the final month of 2016. Um, It's an opportunity to continue to sort of get organized with your networking efforts. There are a lot of holiday parties on the calendar. There's a lot of holiday parties that many of you small business owners might be hosting for your uh, clients or coworkers, this is a good opportunity to engage with them, uh, to show that appreciation that we talked about earlier. But it really is an opportunity for you to get your name out there in an effective way possible. Think about how you could be as creative and innovative as possible. And don't just be the guy that's that's attending every holiday party in town. Think about how you can stand out, bring some gifts with you. Um, I've had uh, David Levine from Illinois Nut and Candy on this program, and he always brings chocolates Um, That's a great way to stand out. Think of some creative ways how you can uh, introduce your elevator pitch while perhaps bringing in a message of of the holidays and gift giving and all those sorts of fun things. And finally, regarding gift giving, there are some great vendors out there that can really help you be creative with giving gifts, whether it's to your employees or to the folks that you are so privileged to work with, but never take business uh, for granted. It's always an opportunity uh, that we should be so grateful for. Every client opportunity Every uh, every uh, opportunity to work with anybody uh, that we've worked with in 2016, uh, you now have an opportunity to renew those contracts in 2017. Uh, but put the effort in now to bring on new opportunities. Work hard. That's what it's all about. That's what entrepreneurship is all about. Uh, Get Down to Business is powered by our friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online, tandemhr.com, tandemhr.com. 
They are your solution center, and they have a great amount of resources, a blog that uh, I quote from regularly on this program um, regarding the Affordable Care Act, regarding professional employer organizations. Uh, check it out, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. That's the phone number for our solution center at Tandem HR. Uh, and finally, be sure to check out my website, shalomkline.com, where you can download podcasts from past episodes of Get Down to Business to everybody, regardless of where you'll be. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Travel safely. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560. For the past 100